Hey, what's up, Packers fans? This is the G-Spot Packers Podcast. We've got Paul here and Brian. Check us out on Twitter at the G-Spot Packer 1. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or CastBox. Hey, so we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. Preseason that's been going on. Uh, some roster moves that have happened. We're going to do our own 53-man roster proje- projection. Uh, but we're going to start the podcast talking about luck. What about luck? Well, we're 10 days away from the regular season with no season-ending injuries to any of our key players. Even just got the news about Oren Burks does not have a serious injury. He's going to come back. He's not even going to go on IR. That's really lucky for the Packers, and hopefully we continue that luck in these next 10 days. Let's hope so. Uh, But we do want to start off with the preseason. Uh, The last game was a bit of a shit show. Uh, and you know what? I finally got to watch some of the game live and look what I saw. I was sitting on a plane, was able to watch NFL network. They pop into the different games while I was sipping my Woodford and I switched to Miller, Miller light. And, uh, I had to switch back to Woodford. That's how the games were going. Yeah. The great game in, uh, the great white North reminded me of the hall of fame game a couple of years ago which ended up getting canceled for safety. Uh, some bad luck with the rubber pellets or something like that. I know. This one was just wild, but, you know, we didn't have enough luck to get the game canceled again. You know how much I love preseason. You know how much I would have loved to have that happen. Uh, but this, is, to me, was just the epitome of a preseason football game. It's not a real football game. Starred by a bunch of guys who, whose luck is about to run out. Hey, hey, Laser Show had a rough start, but luckily it turned out and he eventually played a pretty good game for his first preseason start. I mean, he did, uh, but him and the uh, other soon-to-be future high school gym teachers, um, you know, they, they just didn't put on enough of a show for me. The one guy that really uh, showed his worth was Trevor Davis finally able to put a little bit of his own luck and punch his ticket on the 53-man roster. I think he was the shining star of the game on an 80-yard field, but still. Packers did have a few guys get injured during the Raiders game, which included a streak of really bad luck, which saw Rashawn Gary get hurt twice somehow. Yeah, but luckily it sounds like the injuries are not too serious. I mean, Rashawn Gary has been back at practice uh, Bakhtiari is back at practice today. Um, it doesn't sound like anyone who got injured, uh, at least any of the major players, are going to be out all too long. So that is more than enough talking about uh, preseason football. We've got one more game. I might watch a little bit. I don't know. Probably not. Just excited for the regular season to start in 10 days. We did have a pretty interesting roster move uh, happen today. Really, it was a roster move that was probably inevitable from the beginning. Josh Jones, who seemed to have started his career with Mike Pettin in the doghouse, uh, just left the doghouse, uh, left town after he was cut today. I thought we'd have more luck and get get a trade going, but the market uh, wasn't too uh, favorable to us. Yeah, that was very surprising. No such luck for Goody and the Packers. Definitely thought they could get something uh, for Jones, who has a lot of potential and physical gifts that, you know, finding a depth inside linebacker or something didn't seem like that'd be too difficult. But apparently no team was interested in getting Jones. Maybe he's a little bit disgruntled or something. 
Yeah, his lucky streak, uh, Goody's lucky streak, that is, seems to have uh, ended. He really came out with some pretty bizarre trades, especially the Brett, Brett Hundley for a six-round pick. Uh, you know, the Haha Clinton Dix for fourth-round pick uh, last year, but didn't get anything for Daniels, wasn't able to get anything for Jones. In fact, Jones cleared waivers, so that was uh, interesting. But regardless, uh, we're going to move on to people who we think are actually going to make the 53-man roster. Uh, so we'll just jump right in, uh, talk about the quarterbacks. Counter lucky stars, we have Aaron Rodgers. That is the most obvious person that is going to make this 53-man roster. Uh, but then we move on to uh, who I think uh, the backup is going to be in Deshaun Kaiser. He seems to have kept his uh, four-leaf clover from Notre Dame, squeaks out of this ro- roster. I know lots of people love the laser show, Tim Boyle. I just think that Kaiser has a lot more upside. He certainly has more downside, but I think that upside in the hope that he can get this raw and young talent. He still is pretty young. Uh, and refine it and be something special in the league, or at least something better than what he's shown so far. Absolutely. And for week one against the Bears, obviously we're going to keep the two Bear killers with uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Uh, Falling up for third running back, I think, uh, as you mentioned, Dexter Williams also kept his lucky charm from back in his days at Notre Dame, and he uh, edges out Carson for that third spot. And the all-important fullback position will be uh, held down by Danny Vitale this year. It is pretty interesting that our uh, fullback position seems to be a lot more important than years past. I'm curious uh, how often uh, that means that we're going to see a lot more 21 personnel. Uh, What are you thinking with that? I would agree. I think Matt LaFleur has really pushed that he's going to do that, and I'm looking forward to it because it means we're going to have another folklore uh, fullback. You know, back in the day we had Henderson, and then we had Kuhn, and that's what we need. All good teams have a good folklore fullback. Agreed. I'm excited about Vital. He looks like he's fitting in. Uh, He had the the nice uh, Canadian tuxedo up in Winnipeg uh, with Rodgers. Looked uh, looked pretty good in it, not going to lie. so I, I think I think that alone uh, is going to be what gets him onto the team, uh, despite the fact that uh, he certainly earned it uh, already. So then we move on to our wide receivers group. This one, as we've talked about all offseason, has been the most interesting group, starting with Devontae Adams, the no-brainer of this group, the bonafide Pro Bowl, All-Pro, wide receiver, one of the best in the leagues. But then from there, really not a whole lot of proven talent. Um, But making this 53-man roster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Geronimo Allison, those two are locks at this point. Uh, They've done enough, been starting with the ones uh, enough. They certainly are going to make it. Then the next kind of tier, Jake Kummerl, he really has played his way onto the roster Damn near lock at this point. I'd be stunned if he doesn't make it. Equinemia St. Brown, uh, he seems to have forgot his lucky clover back at Notre Dame, and he got hurt, uh, but still looks to be making that 53-man roster. I don't predict that he gets put on IR. It sounds like it's going to be like a four- to uh, six-week range, which would put him around week 
two to four coming back. Um, what do you think? Uh, do you think there's any chance that he gets put on IR? I think it's really going to be interesting now that Oren Burks isn't going on the uh, IR thing. I think putting St. Brown on the um, IR with designation and return might be a pretty good possibility because it allows us to kind of get an extra spot on the roster until he gets fully healthy and then bring him in, especially with the emphasis we're going to have on the running game. I think it will uh, negate how many receivers we need right away and will bring some depth later on when inevitably somebody will get nicked up during the season. Yeah, I, I'm kind of thinking it might come down to what the waiver claims look like um, and what's the, what the waiver wire is like for other players uh, because Equinemius is going to have to make the final 53-man roster in order to be designated to return. So because of that, um, when he does get put on, that player is already going to have been cut. So I think that the 53rd man who gets put on after St. Brown goes would go on IR would be coming from a different team. That's just my thoughts. Um, but the other uh, guys, so that's five right now, um, I also have Trevor Davis making this roster. And here's a question that I have for you. He's been playing really well this preseason. He has played well in other preseasons and off seasons, but this one seems a little different. Do you think that there's something to do with Matt LaFleur's system versus Mike McCarthy's system that might've hindered him in the past? And now uh, LaFleur's system scheming people open uh, plays to, uh, Trevor Davis's skill set's a little bit better. I would agree with that. The only example I can give is that I think uh, his skill set plays really well into that jet sweep and some of those little plays trying to get the ball to him quickly out in space and use has the athletic ability to make people miss. Other than that, I'm just going to uh, be curious to see how Matt LaFleur does try and use him because he does fit that mold of kind of those receivers you've seen in that coaching tree before that has have really had success. So yeah, I think Trevor Davis fits very well and should have success in this offense. I'm pretty excited as well. And then uh, we get down to uh, that's, that's six. Uh, I do have uh, one last player on the uh, 53 and it's uh shepherd Lazard and Jamon Moore. Jamon Moore, obviously the fourth round pick versus two, undrafted guys in Lazard and Shepard. Uh, but to me, I'm going with Shepard. He seems to have put the most out there, is has done the most out of all these guys. Um, and really, the other thing that intrigues me is just some of the off-the-field stuff that uh, you hear De- Devante has praised him, Rodgers has played, praised him. And Lazard, I think, has done well too. But uh, I think he's someone I see more as a practice squad guy. I know you might not like that. I, I agree with you that he's probably a practice squad guy, but I know what, what I wanted to mention was during that preseason game, I know I texted you, I was really impressed with his blocking uh, out of the wide receiver position, and I joked with you that I thought his blocking was actually better than Jimmy Graham's. So I do hope he makes a practice squad, and hopefully he can improve and make more plays next year and make that 53-man roster. Yeah, I, I got to chuckle out of that because I know how much you love Jimmy Graham. But uh, the, the last guy that, uh, to talk about, and this guy's going to be tough to cut. I, I know we tweeted uh, earlier this week about Jamon Moore that he's done nothing to prove that he deserves to make this 53-man roster. But you know that as soon as we cut him, 
is going to get picked up by the Lions or the Vikings and make at least one Pro Bowl with them. Absolutely. Or, you know, there is this new uh, startup league, and maybe you could be a star in uh, Oliver Lux XFL. You know, I was thinking CFL, but uh, yeah, you know, I forgot about uh, Oliver Luck is uh, joining forces with uh, Vince McMahon to uh, start the, the XFL back up. So let's hope it works better than the, the uh, what was the league that just was the, this summer? The, the Alliance? Uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully it does better than that. I don't know if I watched more than a quarter of the Alliance football game. Oh, I was all in. Loved the Alliance, but uh, unfortunately, it went the way of many of the other leagues that try to compete with the NFL. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I was just a little bummed out by how poorly the Packers did this this season. Season, so I wasn't really uh, able to bring myself to watch uh, watch any football games that that soon after the season. All right, we'll move on to offensive linemen, and for those who keep in track, there's going to be nine of them. So. Starting out with the easy bookend tackles, we're definitely keeping David Bakhtiari and uh, Brian Bulaga, along with uh, Corey Lindsley. Those are the obvious picks. Um, and then the winners right now of the guard battles is Billy Turner, and either it's Lane Taylor or Elton Jenkins. Those guys are on there, leaving um, Alex Light as your backup tackle. And with a little bit of luck of the Irish, Lucas Patrick and Justin McCray get the last two spots um, instead of a another backup tackle. Both uh, those guys and some of the other ta- guards can slide out to play a little tackle in emergency. And I think they show the most skill of the reserves left to take those spots. Yeah, I, I agree. And I definitely think that's the most talented nine that are there. I still wonder if... Lane Taylor, um, or maybe even Brian Bulaga become salary cap um, casualties, and you get uh, Cole Madison uh, to have a bounce back and a really good, feel good, lucky story uh, with him coming back from taking that year off. We then uh, go to tight ends. Um, and I intentionally made sure I took this one so that you wouldn't cut Jimmy Graham. Uh, he is clearly going to make it for me. Lucky for Graham, because, yeah, he'd been cut. Yeah. Um, and then the number two on the tight end depth chart uh, for me is Big Bob Tanyan. He had a stroke of luck working out with uh, George Kittle uh, earlier this summer. Uh, they had shared the same agent by luck, and they uh, – they, they worked out together, and you really hope to see some big jump out of Tanya because he showed some flashes. Do you think there's any type of chance that he, he could be potentially someone that's known uh, around the league, maybe even a, a fantasy pickup for people? That might be a little bit of a stretch. It depends on uh, if Graham can't find any uh, bit of bounce back and make some plays, and Bob Tanya's able to take some of those reps, but... At the moment, I mean, I know we can't take a lot of stock in preseason, but he has looked pretty good in preseason. And uh, as you've stated there, working with Kittle, I think he's improved his blocking along with the his rece- receiving ability, which I know he was trans- was transitioning from wide receiver, and it shows that he's really working on that craft and moving up the depth chart. Yeah. So then uh... – Jay Sternberger, uh, this is an- another guy that was lucky to avoid major injury. He had a big, nasty hit 
uh, from uh, that dirty hit and the joint practice against the, the Texans. But he probably isn't going to do a ton this year. Not a lot of uh, rookie tight end do. However, uh, he's clearly going to make the team and is a guy that in the future the Packers are looking forward to uh, doing a lot of good things. And then finally, the fourth guy, uh, Mercedes Lewis, I still think he has enough of the tank, especially in a non-McCarthy scheme. I think a lot of the tight end woes in recent years especially um, could be attributed to McCarthy. But lucky for us, uh, we'll see if I'm full of shit or if that's actually a, a – something that's going to happen uh, with the LaFleur scheme coming in. What are you thinking? Are you, are you thinking that the LaFleur is going to help these tight ends flourish, or do you think uh, that it might just be more of a talent issue that we have been having? I think you're going to see a lot more two tight ends and a lot more utilization of the position. Um, and I also think for Mercedes Lewis, with Hackett being the offensive coordinator and knowing him very well, that he's going to see the field a little more this year and as you mentioned with Jace, um, he may not have the biggest impact this year, but he does get the benefit of learning from two um, all-pro tight ends, you know, veterans with Graham and Lewis. And even if it's only this year, that should really help his progression in the following years to come. Yeah, Robert Tanyan uh, mentioned that as well, how uh, those two have been great mentors to him, even through their own personal struggles last year. So I think that you're absolutely right that they're going to be great role models for Sternberger. So then what about defensive linemen? How many of those are you going to take? Well, for the defensive linemen, I went with five. I think there's four absolute guaranteed locks. Obviously, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry with his new contract, um, Atravius Adams making leaps and bounds this year, and uh, Tyler Lancaster continuing to play well. And with a little bit of beginner's luck, the draft pick Kinsley Kiki gets the final defensive spot over unlucky Feldel Brown. Yeah, Brown was definitely one of our close to being uh, making the rosters. Um, maybe with a little bit of luck, he'll slip through. I believe he still has practice squad eligibility, uh, so maybe you can stick him there. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he was close, but can only do so much so then edge rushers um we only took four uh the first three being extremely obvious uh Zadaria smith preston smith the two big uh, free agent signings two of the big free agent signings we've had as well as number one pick the, uh, of our uh first round uh rashawn gary then the last one is kyler frackrell and even though, you know, his numbers were probably inflated, I think everyone seems to agree that those 10 and a half sacks, you know, may have came to him a little bit easier, might have been some gimmies, but it wasn't all luck. Uh, there was definitely lots of skill that was involved. So speaking of luck, what about the linebackers? All right, for the inside linebackers, I ended up going with four. Uh Obvious is Blake Martinez. He is the number one guy and will be playing probably every snap uh, this coming season. But then you have a surprising uh, offseason acquisition who has just blown up, Curtis Bolton, and seventh-round pick Ty Summers. And the biggest surprise, I'm going with Brady Sheldon as the last guy to make it as the inside linebackers. Made a few plays the last couple of preseason games, 
albeit in the fourth quarter, but he was making some pretty splash plays. Yeah, in fact, he was uh, either number 52 or 53 on our list. So, uh, But I agree. I think he uh, certainly has a lot that he's uh, shown in flashes, and I'm excited to see what he can do, uh, probably playing on special teams, right? Yeah, that's where he's going to make his impact. And with the way he's been hitting in the fourth quarter, that should make some good plays on special teams. All right, so uh, we move on to cornerbacks. Uh, kept seven here. That's a large number of cornerbacks, but we do have quite a bit of talent here. And for the depth considerations that we've had and going out and playing uh, no-name players uh, against some pretty hefty receivers uh, in the past few years, it's welcomed. We got Jair Alexander, clearly uh, going to make it. Kevin King, who really needs to uh, get bounced back from these injuries and come back and have the healthy season. Uh, regardless, he's making the 53-man roster. Hopefully he can make an in- impact being healthy. Josh Jackson, a guy I'm personally looking forward to, and I know you are too, of having a big second-year jump and proving that he's worth that second-round pick, proving that he's worth the even higher picks that we were uh, hoping that he would have. Tony Brown, uh, and this is a guy, you know, I, I, he makes me think of the quote, you know, it, the harder I work, the luckier I seem to be. And uh, lots of people last year thought he was going to get cut after a few bonehead plays, uh, some bad penalties that are gone his way, undrafted guy. Why is he still on the roster? Why is he still on the roster? And other guys are getting cut. And I think just some of the things you're hearing about him, you know, behind the scenes, you know, it, those Monday through Saturday things that he goes out and does um, is why he's making this roster. He seems to have proved it on the field this year. Tremont Williams, the elderly statesman in the in the room, I think he still makes it, has some versatility to be able to play safety as well. Um, that's always uh, good, especially uh, with the Packers' new mentality, that versatility is craved. Kadar Hallman, this is a guy who's made his own luck. Uh, he went from loading trucks uh, at uh, Toledo to now uh, being on an NFL roster and making this 53 in our projection. And then finally, Chander and Sullivan, another guy. This is an undrafted guy, but he's made some really splash plays. Yeah, I'd agree with seven for this position because I think at best you can say that there's questions about the health of this position with a lot of those players have missed time in the past with uh, injuries. So seven, it looks like a lot on paper, but with the way things have worked in the past, we may need those. So it's not that crazy to keep seven of those guys. Yeah. So what about safety now? For safety, I think we're pretty positive you know the two guys that are going to start they're obviously going to make the team with adrian amos and darnell savage below those two you have a big mess of players with uh, a lot of potential and a lot of unproven players so at the top of that i'm going with raven green i know coming out this week with uh jones getting cut and uh, a little bit of the nicked up players at the inside linebacker position he may have to slide down and play kind of that safety linebacker hybrid. And they're pretty excited about him playing there. After him, I'm going with Trell Jamerson as my last, uh, fourth and last safety for this group. 
And that's only because, luckily for the Packers, Ibrahim Campbell's on the PUP and will probably start the season there, and that will allow us to uh, hold an extra spot for a while until he's ready to come back. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking about the whole time that, that he got back and got put on the PUP is that I, I didn't think that there's ever a chance that he gets taken off of that until week six uh, or I guess week seven of the regular season. So that's it for defense. We had 26 offense, 24 defense, uh, and then three specialists. Uh, the easy ones, J.K. Scott and Hunter Bradley, uh, just there's no competition for the two of them in camp right now unless uh, someone gets cut and they get put back. Uh, who knows, but we haven't heard a whole lot about Hunter Bradley, and that's very good for a long snapper. J.K. Scott has looked to have another really good camp. Hopefully this time he can translate the good camp into a good regular season. And then the the, the last position that's in question here, it's Mason Crosby or Sam Ficken. Crosby really pressed his luck with the injury and started off and uh, allowed Ficken to get a head start, but Despite the price tag, uh, I think the veteran status, the uh, experience playing in the cold weather and kicking the cold weather and clutch games, clutch times, I think really is what gets Mason Crosby to make the 53-man roster and beat out this competition. Yeah, we don't want to see a double-doink situation. No. And plus, I think as soon as Mason Crosby would get cut, he'd be picked up immediately by the Bears. And that's the last thing I want to do is see him kicking in Soldier Field. So, all right. Lucky for you guys. We're pretty mentally fatigued here, and we're going to be retiring for the evening. Thanks for listening to the G-Spot Packers podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the G-Spot Packer 1. Please subscribe if you liked it. If you really liked it, go share this with your friends and colleagues. And as always, go Pack Go!